Hello, and welcome to Dodecahedron, a podcast by, for, and about roleplayers. I'm Jess Vetters. And I'm Colin Lamont. Every week we get together to talk about a range of gaming-related topics, from creating a character to running a game, and what it all means for people who share a favorite hobby. We may not be experts, but we do have pleasant voices and a wealth of gaming experience that we are eager to share with you. <laughs> Our topic today is live-action role-playing, or LARP. But before we get into it, Colin, have you ever heard an acronym as silly as LARP? Um, I feel like I have, but I struggle to pull one off the top of my head at this point in time. I feel like if you go and take a look at... Uh, oh, wait, I have. Um, the, the, the PMP, or the PIMP. Ooh, project Ooh tell me about the PIMP. The project manager professional is a PIMP. It's a, it's, it's a legitimate credential that you can get. Uh, that a lot of people swear by in the project manager world, but it's the PMP, and most people refer to it that I have run into as the pimp. That is incredible, and I mean, that probably, makes my life better for knowing it. Yeah, you probably need some good project management experience if you're going to be a pimp. Exactly. I think, hmm. You, I never really thought about it on that level, but I think you bring in a good point. There's a lot of organization that goes into that sort of management. I mean, I would assume, not knowing from personal experience, but I would think that you'd need to keep a mind for a business. It is a business that they are running. Well, not only that, but you're dealing with human resources and you're mm -hmm. dealing with like inventory management. Ex exactly. Customer complaints. Oh, I bet you're going to get a lot of those. Oh, I bet so. I bet so. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we are off to a rollicking start already. We're off to a rough. We've we've lost listeners. <laughs> we've, we've lost them. They're gone now, Jess. They're gone forever. Oh, goodbye, lovely listeners. Oh no, I mean a little bit of housekeeping before we really jump into the topic at hand. It is what a month and a half since we last recorded. That's true. It's been a. It's been a pretty crazy month, incidentally, mostly related to what we are actually talking about. Yeah, so uh, let's actually use that as our lead-in, and Colin, tell me about this LARP that you ran at the illustrious Gen Con. Ah, uh, yes, okay, so for anyone listening that is not aware, Gen Con is a four-day gaming experience, a convention that is held in Indianapolis, usually... Uh, at the tail end of July or the beginning of August. Um, it's held every year downtown in Indianapolis. It has grown every year. Thousands and thousands of people come, and it looks as though it will continue to grow until it eventually outpaces Indianapolis entirely or devours the entire downtown. I've been going since I was fairly young. And Jess, you've also gone quite a few times, although not so much recently now that you're in New York. Yeah, unfortunately, I pretty much stopped being able to go after college, so I haven't been in about six years now. Uh, but I went my first time when I was like 13 or 14 years old, back when it still only had about 50,000 attendants. Mm -hmm. It's gotten quite a bit larger. They've rolled over into the Lucas Oil Stadium. They made a big use of that this year. Uh, I, all of every the year. hotels. I keep telling myself I want to go back, and I know like it keeps getting bigger and it keeps getting cooler, and I just keep being seven hundred and fifty miles away from Indy. If you ever do come back, you can you know you can make use of of my place. You can crash here. 
I mean, I'll probably be in like a hotel room downtown, but you might even be able to crash on the ground in our hotel room if you wanted to. I mean, that's the true convention going experience, right? It really is. Like you show up, you don't take a shower for four days. That, you live on Axe body spray and that, cheese its that, that 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 is not that's not the that's not the suggested suggested way of doing it. If you're in a hotel room, they have they have a bath. Do they? They they do. They do have they do have showers. I don't know if people will listen and actually and actually take them, but you know, if you think well, my body odor isn't that bad. Consider it multiplied by a magnitude of everyone else around you. And you think, well, mm. maybe I should contribute a positive sense rather than a negative scent. I mean, I suppose that makes sense. Ah. <laughs> All right. So, Colin, tell me what a LARP is. All right. Well, a live action role play for anybody who heard live action role play and then immediately YouTubed it. I'm guessing that you probably came across some fairly popularized meme videos where people run around in like faux chain armor and throw balls at each other, screaming fireballs, fireball, fireball. And yes, that is a semi-valid form of live action role play. However, mm. it's not the form that I use. Now, live action role play is not one specific genre. It's not one specific system. It's basically transitioning from sitting around a table doing the tabletop games through dice and taking it into more of a um, improvisational actor uh, kind of interaction with each other. Um, the stage being whatever area the LARP is taking place in. And rather than sitting around the table and rolling dice and describing your actions, you describe a couple of your actions and walk around and have some other way of arbitrating the way that the rules work, whether that means beating each other half to death with pillow swords, or in our case, throwing rock, paper, scissors, which is how the mind's eye theater version of World of Darkness works. Now, the LARP itself was something that I got involved with because uh, I would spend the entirety of the day of Gen Con with friends, bouncing from group to group to group. But toward the evening, people would kind of split up. A lot of people would go home. And I would usually be left around the convention with not so much to do and feeling kind of sad that I had paid to go to Gen Con, this huge gaming convention. So much was happening around me, yet I was not involved in something with my own friends. So I found a LARP. Now, at the time, it was being run by uh, Darkness Remembered, which is still a group uh, that still runs LARPs, from, from my recollection. And um, let's see. Get a little distracted by your phone going off there? Yeah, sorry about that. I actually do have a phone now. I didn't for the longest time. Hey, you know, at least having a phone is helpful and good. Yeah. I don't begrudge it going off. I I appreciate that. I, I appreciate you not begrudging my phone. So Darkness Remembered. Darkness Remembered. Um, a lot of World of Darkness troops have edgy names like that. Um, <clears throat> Darkness Remembered is a group that runs a LARP every single year uh, that takes place within the World of Darkness uh, cross-genre world. So they have mages, werewolves, vampires... Uh, and changelings, all of the core basic system and mages. I, I think I mentioned mages. Yeah, you said mages. Uh, cool. All right. Um, all interacting together 
in one shared storyline. But the, the difference between Darkness Remembered and what we ended up doing is that every year they change the venue and the entire story. So like, we're in Monte Carlo this time. It's gambling themed. We're in Hawaii this time. It's festive themed or something like that. And you're I'm doing all of this. this. I was... oh, sorry, go on. No, 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 please, please. Uh, but you're doing all of this like outside of the convention center in Indianapolis. No, no, some LARPs do, but we actually have a room in uh, in one of the convention center uh, rooms, uh, generally oh. in one of the hotels. We have one of the big meeting rooms, and that's where everyone kind of mills around and associates. Oh, very nice. So our group departed from that where we were in Vancouver and decided to actually continuously stay in Vancouver and run uh, about a four-year storyline where every year we would run another uh, advancing storyline over the over three nights of Gen Con and uh, and then through the year uh, in the in the in, in the interim people would level up their characters and have them do things in the city that would set up for the next year um, our main storyteller got tired of it, uh, eventually, and he'd finished the Vancouver arc, and so he passed it down, and I took it up, and took it to San Francisco, where I set my venue for the next three to four year arc. And this was nice. my first year running, um, a LARP, and we set our standards, because we had gotten declining membership in our LARP through the years, we'd gone from probably close to 50 something people to barely over 20 the last year. So I put ourselves optimistically at 30, but expected that we would hit around only 25. Um, and uh, what's, was that estimation about accurate? No, no, that estimation was incredibly inaccurate. Uh, uh, we ended up nearly doubling our number. My goodness. Yeah, uh, very surprising. First time that the LARP had grown uh, since it had begun, and we, we nearly doubled our, our expected number of 25. So we got, we got 40-something people that showed up each night. Holy cow. Yeah, it was um, an unprecedented success. Now, uh, arrogantly and actually factually, I attribute most of that success to me. Um, I worked very hard throughout the year to generate more than 150 pages worth of just character sheets. Um, Goodness. I would, <laughs> each bio was about five pages long. You'd have about a, you'd have an, uh, an opening summary usually in like the first person where the character would describe themselves a section following where we would depart into, uh, into the second person and I'd give them some relevant details the third section, which would, li would list their goals for the year and for their character kind of as a whole. And then the fourth section, which was the contacts, the other players they were connected to and why. So these were very detailed bios. And uh, maybe too detailed. I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. Sometimes it can wax a little long on things. People ended up really liking the bios. There was a lot of meat in them, but they took a long time to do. Whereas yeah. I was supposed to have a staff that was supporting me, um, two of them dropped, uh, or one of them dropped out, one of them did basically nothing, and the other one couldn't write at all. So I ended up really writing everything. That is a shame, and sounds like it was 
a lot more work than you needed to do. Yes, it was incredibly stressful, which is partly, which is in part owing to the fact that why I've been so hard to to get into a podcast for a while. Um, the Makes sense. immense amount of stress leading up to Gen Con and then afterward decompartmentalizing. And we had decided that instead of just running things through Facebook, we'd continue the role play kind of going on during the year and opened up our own Discord server, which turned out to be kind of a mistake because now I'm just running the LARP um, full time. And that's that's exhausting. I'm I can imagine. Storyteller. I, I have to decide... While I've got storytellers that handle all of the different areas specifically, vampires, werewolves, mages, um, changelings, quajin, and, and beasts of the east and stuff like that, I'm technically the one that is deciding the progress and the course for the main storyline throughout the year. So I'm in a lot of scenes and doing a lot of things. So as far as this story goes, you're the pimp. <laughs> <laughs> Fairly well said. I am indeed. Now, I got a couple of questions for you uh, yes, to get it kind of like into what we do with this show. My first one's going to be, while you're setting this up, how do you get new people to join in? That is always a little bit hard. We didn't do a lot of advertising this year, um, mostly owing to the fact that I don't know much about um good advertising practices uh apart from just being like hi do you like role play but what if it was more involved what if you had to do it except you didn't sit at a table and you couldn't just whip out your phone and play in the middle of a scene what if you just weren't allowed to do that do you think you'd have way more fun or way less fun join my game um, <laughs> i think that would get me involved well uh you're a special case buddy <laughs> i hear that a lot actually Good, good. You're in the right place for it. Um, let's see. In terms of getting new players, generally speaking, it's kind of friend of a friend. If if the people who have had a very good time with the LARP um, find friends that they want to also be involved with the stories of the LARP and then bring them in. And that's mm -hmm. how we, we start to kind of grow the group is by word of mouth and moving things around. And eventually we've been around so much that people just want to come and check, uh, come and check us out. People want to come in and see what's going on. And uh, we can also grow our numbers that way. And then our, if our LARP goes extremely well, then there's the word of mouth around the con, especially if other people's LARPs go not so well. Yeah. I'm going to piggyback off of that for a second. I have LARPed, uh, exactly twice. Once was a... We'll say it was Dungeons and Dragons, like, boffer swords and beanbags, just let's go have a goofy time in the woods thing that lasted about three hours, and the other was at Gen Con. Say again? I said that sounds cool, going around I mean, the it, forest and swinging boffer swords. It was a good time. Uh, and it was... Just a goofy, fun little let's have a battle thing. So there was a lot less role play and a lot more action. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, the other time that I did it was also at Gen Con. This was probably 10 years ago now. And uh, one of our mutual friends who had been involved in the game, it was mostly a vampire RP. Mm -hmm. So World of Darkness as it is. Uh, he asked me if I wanted to hang out and join. And I said, sure, I'll give that a shot. So I came along and kind of just made up a character on the spot 
and didn't really have any connections to anybody, and our mutual friend just kind of left me to go and do his thing because he was actually involved. And I spent about three hours kind of wandering around outside the convention center, watching other people play their game and having fun and being 17 and feeling really awkward um, until I just went home. Yeah. So my question is that sense of like, if a new player comes in and doesn't know exactly what they're doing, do you, do you as a storyteller have something in place to help facilitate actually getting into the game? Well, generally speaking, what we try to do, or at least what I try to do, is create, is pre-make all characters. So that all of the characters have an inbuilt story, an inbuilt set of goals, and contacts, usually more experienced players, that they'll be able to piggyback off of for things. Like, for instance, mm -hmm. you should talk to X about goal Y, um in order to move your goal line along. This person would be involved, or you have information for this person that they'd be interested in. And you try to link them up that way so that they've got... Your problem is actually a fairly common one. Uh, the inability for players to integrate into a storyline, especially one that's been, going, uh, that's been going for a prolonged period of time, is constantly a challenge for storytellers. The only way to get around it, in my opinion, is to have their new characters tied into other characters in a way that will get them involved immediately. Otherwise, you sort of rely on their own social ability to try to find a reason to insert themselves within conversations without knowing why they need to insert themselves, which sort of creates a dissonance of um, narrative suspension of disbelief. Like, hi, I'm the new vampire that just showed up. I, I know you guys are having this scene, and I also happen to be randomly here. I suppose my character would simply walk up and start eavesdropping on your conversation. How can I help with things? Which is sort of like saying, <laughs> hi, I don't know what the plot is, and I, without a storyteller, I can't do anything. So I, I want to be involved in you guys' story. Hey, can you involve me, please? Can I please be involved with the plot line? Oh, yeah, and that, that doesn't feel like it would work out too well. Well, I mean, it it does and it doesn't. And in, in by, by it does, I mean it's a, it's a fairly common practice. I've seen people do it all the time where their, their character just shows up and they just completely throw out the part where their character has just arrived in the city and they're being secret or they're a vampire or they're a mage or whatever and be like hi i'm a mage you seem like a supernatural for some reason probably because you appear to be a player character i'm gonna involve myself <laughs> with you immediately what are you doing how can i how can i become integrated with this yeah have you People seen any bad guys around here yeah. <laughs> And this is how people will do it. This is how people will get involved with LARPs, and especially with large-scale LARPs with limited staff. I understand why it happens. But in my opinion, everyone needs to have a reason for being there. If someone's like, eh, I just showed up. I want to be this. Uh, I want to be a Malkavian. Or like, I'm a La Sombra, but I'm not part of the Sabbat. I'm, 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 talking, I'm talking nothingness to people who don't know World of Darkness, but like... Uh, basically, I'm a vampire. For some reason, I just showed up at this town. What's happening, folks? No, 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 no. 
people people come to cities for a reason people show up in the plot for a reason if your narrative line is the equivalent uh, is the equivalent of uh, a parenthesis in the middle of a sentence like and this was happening oh that person was there too and it ended like this Mm. you're not really part of the story you're along for the ride you're a participant in watching you're a you're an active observer and so when dealing active people so when dealing with a story that's got 40 players involved Mm. how do you make it so that everyone has something to do that's that's difficult the only way to do it is to connect people to give them five or six plus connections that have to do with their three to four different goals and let the player focus on any of the goals that they are able to do and then as storytellers apart from running scenes kind of keep an eye out for the players that are sort of sitting on the side or or are on their phone so that you take a little break and walk over and say hi you having some trouble integrating yourself you having some trouble here let me see your sheet let me see what character you are Ah, yes, I, I know your character's plot. Uh, you know what? Uh, you get a call from X, Y, and Z, and they, they're able to tell you about this person. Over, You should go and talk to them. They will be able to move things along. In fact, give me one moment. I'm going to go over to them and give them some information, and then we can facilitate a scene between the two of you, get you back into the action. Nice. It's um, It's a chaotic game of juggling where you run from scene to scene, and you sometimes never get to see how uh, a scene that you're very excited to set up plays out. Because as soon as you're like, all right, everybody good, you can run the rest of the scene without me here, you run to the next scene. You don't get to see the resolution. That was what I found when I was running the LARP, which disappointed me, was that I wasn't able to see any of the resolutions of the scenes that I got to set up. But you've got everybody together on your own Discord, so you can actually, like, get the players perspectives on what happened later right yes that's absolutely true and i have the rest of the storytelling staff to report to me what has been happening as well and what's lovely is for somebody to take a character that has a certain goal and take what i expected them to do in a completely different direction uh just choose to do something off the wall in service to their goal or even abandoning their goals entirely and just deciding their character is going to go on a different route I'm like what well I, I guess good on you. You did it. Hmm. Nice. Now, one thing that I do worry about with LARP is, I mean, this again goes back to my one experience with World of Darkness LARPing. Uh, there are bound to be a lot of age differences and a lot of like differences in physical ability and all of this stuff between players. Mm-hmm. And Along with that, you've got different reasons for being there. So I guess this is kind of like three different questions. The first being, how do you make sure it's safe for everyone and nobody gets themselves into a situation that they're not comfortable with? Uh, Actually, just take that first, if you would. By safe, do you mean having... Adults interacting with young adults and teenagers and sort of making sure that there are no physical altercations? I mean, it's that and, like, well, I know you said, for one, everything that you were doing was basically taking place in a conference room. That is correct. So, like, at least you can control the environment there. But, you know, if you've got somebody who gets a little too into it and 
you know, like, say you've got a six foot four, 230 pound man who puts his hands on a five foot one, 120 pound woman. Well, generally speaking, they're kicked out. There's a strict no touching policy uh, in in terms of the thought. In fact, in, in fact, it's the only way to really do it is uh, you describe your physical actions or mime them, but you cannot touch another player. Obviously, that's the only way to keep things um, kind of on an even keel and to prevent problems from happening. So if somebody starts to get handsy, they're out of the game. They're out of the game for that night. They might be out of the game for the rest of the con, depending on what it was. Uh, depending on what it was. Um, and the only real way to keep things safe is that as a storyteller, you have to kind of remain vigilant, watch the scenes that seem to be increasing in intensity, and then also listen to the complaints. Generally, players will come to you with the complaints if they felt uncomfortable or at all weirded out by somebody's behavior or something, and then you have to you have to kind of deal with that on the fly. So it's a lot of judgment calls. It's a lot of judgment calls, yes. Did you have any issues with that while you were running this game? Um... Not with any physical altercations, no. Uh, I did have one player uh, was very much into their character, and when two characters that were with them decided they were going to do something else entirely um, in character, uh, they he, he got real mad and he shouted at them and made them kind of uncomfortable. They came and talked to me about it, and I came and talked to the player about it, and we worked it out. Well, that's good. Um, yes, there are, there are incidents that come up in almost every, uh, the, the only way to, to handle it is to, is to be just sort of hands-on with it, really, to get involved immediately and, uh, figure out what the situation is, figure out what the stakes are between the people, and if it can be resolved, and if it can't be resolved, then sometimes it comes down to, uh, who's more in the wrong, and they have to get booted. Hmm. That's gotta be rough. Yes. It's not easy to do. Running a LARP is not easy to do, especially if it's a large one. You have a lot to you have a lot to pay attention to. E even your storyline, you have to kind of make sure that things are moving, that there's constantly something for the players to do. If they devour through your story in night one, and you have still two other nights, you're gonna need things for them to do on the two other nights. So you have to make sure that your plots are reaching enough that they're. Um, mercurial or evolving enough that that people will always have something new that they can accomplish or attempt within the scope of the story huh. that's something that i would not have thought about not really having been involved in larps very often is like you know i'm very much used to sit down around the table yeah. kind of make the story up as you go along but if you've got yeah. that many moving parts you really have to have things planned out yeah i you absolutely do i had to do a lot more writing than i generally have to do for for, for games and i had to know all of the characters intimately i had to know what all of their goals were i had to know kind of what their backgrounds were which helps in the fact that i wrote them all but of i had course. to know all of these details in order to facilitate a storyline which would have something at any given time someone would come up to me i don't know what i'm going to do what's who's your character i know five things that you could do offhandedly right now goodness it's a lot to keep straight in your head and you need to have practiced improvisational skills. You need to know how the story fits together so that you can be agile and leap from 
narrative thread to narrative thread, from action to action, from goal to goal, and find a way to both link other characters together in scenes that can include more than one person um, in order to cut down on storyteller on storyteller requirement and just enough to keep the storyline moving. So you've got to be a storyteller Spider-Man. Yes, there you go. A storyteller Spider-Man, if you will, or a storyteller Nightcrawler. Ah, bamfing instead of swinging. That's right, and you have to feel sort of like a bamf as you do it. I like that. There we go, see? Come right back around. <laughs> so, I got another question for you. You've got all of these different players, and you've got these characters. Yes. And this, I will ask you two questions at the same time, because the first is really, do you write the characters for the players, or do you write them and then distribute them? And what do you do if someone wants to play a character differently than what you had planned? Well, for the most part, I write the characters for the story. Sometimes if I know a player is going to be involved ahead of time, I'll write a character for the specific player that has traits and qualities that I think they would play well and hook those into the story. As for if people take a character and decide that they want to... They want to ignore or play the character differently. Well, it's their choice. I can take them aside and say, I don't know if your character would necessarily do this, but if they're like, yes, I believe my character would, I have to be able to let it go. I can't be like, well, screw you then. You don't get this character. You're you're too terrible. This character is too good for you. Uh, yeah, because at that point, it's out of your hands. Right. I have to let them run it into the ground, and which is which is what happened. I had a, I had a very... I had a character I put a lot of time and effort into uh, and a, a longtime player that I had some trust in, and that player just ran that character into the ground because at the last minute they decided that they didn't actually want to play that character that I made for them but felt obliged to continue to play it because of how connected into the plots the character was by their request. And so mm. they just ran the character into the ground, which was yes. frustrating because a lot of work was just gone but it is what it is i i just had to i just had to adapt say okay that's how it happened that's how it went i'm just gonna have to move on i mean at that point it sounds like it wouldn't even really be fun to play that character any longer like you kind of gotta just as a player i feel like you've got to take what you get and make the best of it yes um as long as you attempt to work with it make the best out of the out of the situation out of what you have uh it could work out really well there are some fantastic interesting characters there but you know it 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 depends mm -hmm. uh it's always it's always the player that decides how the character is going to be played it may be the storyteller that writes the character but it is ultimately the player that breathes life into them and they can choose what that life takes as its form. No, especially dealing with the themes that World of Darkness gets into, how do you deal with character issues like gender and sexuality? Well, we don't really get that far into it, actually. We haven't really run into too many problems yet with that kind of thing. Um, Interesting. In terms of in terms of sexuality, uh, intimacy, and things that like that that come up, 
I presume that if something weird like that were to ever come up or if anything, you know, untowards, I would hear about it and I would decide what sort of story effect that would have or whether I felt that it was inappropriate for my storyline and whether I needed to remove it. I was lucky in that I received a lot of fairly well-adjusted car- uh, well-adjusted players, players who were vouched for by other longtime players that I, you know, uh, had been role-playing with for years and years and years. And, and it seemed like everyone was there to really follow the plot without making it weird for other people. That's good, because what I always worry about with LARP, especially LARP involving vampires, is you're going to get the Twilight or the Lestat crowd who's just in there to, you know, rev themselves up. You know what? As much as that is true, I've never seen it happen. I've never seen that kind of a player. I've heard about them, but they've never been at my games. Huh. I wonder if you've just gotten lucky or if you've curated your players well enough that they know this is not the place for shenanigans. You know, I choose to believe that it was all me. That it was simply my genius. Yes. (laughs) Oh, goodness, goodness, goodness. Wouldn't be me if I didn't. Well, now, Colin, (laughs) I think we've come to the point where I ask you, listener comes up to you and says, I want to get into LARPing, but I don't know how. What do you tell them? Because at this point, the listener is me. The idea of getting into a LARP sounds really cool, but I don't know how to go about it. Well, theoretical listener slash Jess, who has just asked me, you would need to decide for yourself what kind of a LARP would I be interested in being a part of. Therein, you would need to move uh, towards finding out if there are any LARPs local to your area. Uh, game stores will sometimes announce them. You can ask people that frequent them if they've heard of anyone running a LARP. Then my strongest suggestion is you look it up. Usually the LARP will have a page, either a Facebook page or some sort of a Wikipedia or like some sort of a wiki that they do for themselves or, or something like that. And you read the LARP and you decide if it's the quality of work that you want to be involved with creatively. You decide if it's the kind of system that you can commit to learning. Then the next step, I would say, is go and observe the LARP. Find out when it's happening. Show up and say, hi, I'm just here to observe. If they're not real weird, they'll be like, sure. All right, that's fine. Go go out and check it out. Mm-hmm. Then you walk around and sort of decide if uh, if the way that people are playing makes you feel like, oh, this is cool, I would definitely like to be involved, or this is incredibly uncomfortable. Everyone is- just got naked and put on weird masks, and I feel like I'm in Eyes Wide Shut now. You might actually be in Eyes Wide Shut in that situation. You might just want to leave. Hmm. Or stay... Hey, dealer's choice on that one. It's <laughs> It's you, buddy, so I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you find a threshold of what you feel you can do comfortably I strongly recommend finding a LARP that you have at least one friend in if you can't do that try to make a friend with somebody who is in the LARP 
It's so hard to integrate yourself into a group of people role-playing if you don't actually know anybody. Don't I know it. Gamers are incredibly social creatures. We sacrifice inordinate amounts of time to play fantasy with each other, to open up our own creativity, to be vulnerable with our ideas. If we were expected to do that in front of strangers all the time, it would take an incredible amount of practice and a strong internal sense of will to be able to pull that off. Not to mention a level of confidence that I think a lot of your average tabletop players don't tend to have. You're absolutely correct. Like, I think that's a lot of why we tend to think of like role-playing as something that you do in your living room or in your parents' basement when you're in high school. It's like, you can get away from prying eyes and you have license to put on a silly voice and be goofy and make big, bold, sometimes really dumb choices. And I think... Yeah. What fascinates me about LARPing is that you no longer have the liberty to say, like, oh, no, I'm I'm not. I'm not doing this. I'm just imagining my character doing it. Right. Because okay. now you are standing there in front of a person and you are saying something like, oh, and then I jump out the window. Right. No, exactly. The physicality. You have to sort of own your your character. I always thought it would be an interesting exercise for actors in a certain sense, to be involved in that kind of thing. Something that they already do in front of a script anyways, but in a more directed sense. Yeah. So I love it, man. It sounds fascinating. Right? I mean, I love telling stories. The more people I can tell stories for, the happier I am. I mean, <laughs> you know me. I, now, do, I... You, <laughs> do you think you're going to stay on the storytelling side of it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. For the, at least this next year, that's what I tell myself. I always say, well, as long as it's a success, and I'll stay around another year. As long as it's as it's yeah, whoa, lots of S's in there. As long as it is a success and I had a good time, I'll stay involved. As soon as I feel like I'm burning out, I'll say, all right, there's no way I can bring my best A game. I already don't really want to do passing it along i'm passing the torch although i am sort of afraid that as soon as i pass the torch the whole thing will die but i guess that's the risk you take yeah it is yeah it is but uh to the listeners um larp is not for everybody and not every larp is worth being part of it's a difficult but worthwhile, in my opinion, journey to find one that fits for you, if that's something that you want to be involved in. Plus, it really widens your gaming circle uh, of people that you can be involved with and um, share your ideas with. It, it creates some very interesting and lasting friendships. So I, I can at least speak for me when I say that it was immensely fun to both participate and run a LARP. Oh, good. I'd say that's a pretty ringing endorsement for the entire concept. Ha, con. Hey, that was an accidental pun. Oh, you, you even you even said con longer than you would narrowly when you said concept. I thought I thought for sure you were leaning heavily on it. Uh, that's actually just how I talk sometimes. My vocal inflection just makes puns happen. Wow, that's that's actually it's a gift very clever. It's a gift and a curse. 
<laughs> I bet it is. I bet it is. Oh, man. So, yeah, uh, I think that's good, man. I think we've nailed it. A little yeah, bit we... of a shorter episode today, but that's fine. Actually, it's it's perfectly okay, and especially since you're not really that experienced with the LARPing scene. It was mostly just me doing a, a crap ton of talking. Yeah, I got to do a little bit of a Q&A with you this time around. It was fun. Oh, yeah. Real, real, real Q&A times. I, I liked it. I liked it. This was this was fine. I don't mind that it's a shorter episode. Sometimes our episodes can be a little short. Next time we'll get a topic that both of, both of us have uh, some investment and experience in, and we'll just wax long so everyone can listen to it for a long Absolutely. time. Absolutely. No, that'll be great. That'll be... You guys will be sick of our voices at that point. Oh, so sick of them. So sick of our dulcet tones. Well, from me and Colin, both of us here at Dodecahedron, I don't know what this outro is going to be. What was that start? I, we don't have an outro written down. We, you think we would have done that? After four episodes, you would think we would have any clue how to do this, but... <laughs> Well, I'm Colin Lamothe. And I'm Jess Vetters. Thanks so much for joining us on Dodecahedron. We look forward to seeing you next time. Bye.